Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Rampage, baby! I regret starting the video like that, but it says it in the lyrics to the Rampage theme song, and as we have discussed before, sometimes I'm just walking around and I start singing it, and people look at me like, this guy is really, really weird. They're right. But hello, my name is Sarah What Culture. Thank you for joining me as always, because it's another Saturday, and we have to go through AEW Rampage and decide, well, did we enjoy it or did we hate it? You then disagree in the comments, but then we meet up and we give each other... Friends versus the Super Click and Bobby Fish was our first match on AEW Rampage. And I understand this isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I swear, I love it every single damn time. It is just a roller coaster of enjoyment and it's gigging up. But I think one of the first things we saw was Chuck Taylor hitting a standing slice bread. So I was like, man, Toto, we ain't in Kansas no more. And by the time Rocky Romero got in there, he was doing step up hurricane runners. I was like, man, who needs collar and elbow tie-ups anymore? Let's just hit the go button and run around like crazy people. Given Mike Jackson had taken both of these, he decided to tag out to Adam Cole. But then Orange Cassidy also tagged in for the best friends. It was like, oh man, this is the feud we've been teasing for ages they're gonna go at it but as we know adam cole is a massive dick so he instantly tagged out we're all gonna have to wait given that it was nick jackson that got in there it's not like we suffered though because i mean at one point he walked the top rope like it was a tightrope and then orange cassidy did the same and i think we see such crazy things in wrestling these days we do not appreciate these kinds of spots but have you ever tried to tightrope anything? It is super duper hard, and these two doing it like, ha ha, I tightrope walker. Eventually the bad guys took out the piece of fruit, and around the same time, Trent got chucked into the ring apron, and my word, that looked absolutely horrible. But when the best friends were able to pull the bucks outside of the ring, we also had Orange Cassidy hitting the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up for a proper near two. And that's when I realized, Jeff, I processed my brain, I'm into it. He was also able to get out of the way of the Panama Sunrise in order the tag Trent in properly and of course he was almost murdered a week ago so he had to have his revenge boy howdy did he get it because he suplexed Nick he clotheslined Adam he hit fish with a spear on the outside which admittedly does sound a little bit weird because now you think there was some kind of cod who got tackled and of course because Rocky Romero was on his team for a little bit we saw the reformation of Rapongi 3k and if you're a New Japan fan you would have been like great and it was here when the tag klaxon ha ah, sounded as well and everybody was in there doing their moves I mean, there was dives, there was triple teams, and then Bobby Fish went, oh yeah, you're gonna try and escalate on me? No, you're not. And he hit a top rope 
Falcon Arrow. And I'm sorry, every time I see that, I can't believe it because it's such a terrifying move. Now I just started spinning around so much was going on here because I couldn't keep up and I really cannot convey to you how good the timing and the pacing of this was. It was like they'd been practicing for weeks, even though we know that's not possible. And it all made sense at the end too because Trent really got his revenge when he hit Strong Zero onto Bobby Fish and he was able to get the one, two, three. And all the best friends hugged afterwards and there was tears and there was love in the air. And as the Lion King taught me, that's a circle of life. So seriously, just go and watch this and have fun. And if it's not for you, don't go and watch it and have fun doing something else. But to me, this was a joy. Dan Lambert was then back on AEW TV and that is never a bad thing because he cut this promo that was just so good and I believed every word he was saying. I mean, he could be the surprise of the year when we do wrap things up for 2021 and yes, he was flanked by the men of the year and his whole point was Tony Khan is tricking all of you. Not only is he turning AEW into late 90s WCW, I was like, man, I'll never do that. I wouldn't be able to handle it. But look who's getting title shots. It's his buddies. It's the people running the business or it's the EVP. He then tied that into the whole fact that Cody Rhodes is going after the TNT title. And as he had said Cody Rhodes' name, out came Cody Rhodes. <laughs> this little skit where they kept stealing the microphone from each other without saying anything. And for some reason, it really made me laugh. Does that make me a fool? Probably, but I don't care, I was entertained. And yes, as ever, there were a few boos for Cody, but you know how it works in wrestling, it's like mob mentality. When one person does it, at least a few others are gonna do it as well. And given that Cody Rhodes couldn't get the microphone, he just went, all right, and he jumped the men of the year. Now he really hadn't done his wrestling mass because two on one equals you getting beaten up, but thankfully he does have a brother in the company, so out came running Dustin Rhodes. But his experience didn't count for nothing because he got beat up too. That was mostly because Dan Lambert distracted him because he's a smart guy and understands how wrestling works. And of course, the point of all of this is that Sammy Guevara could come out there, make the super duper triple save, including hitting this spring world cutter, which may have been one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So this was a really decent setup given that we are getting Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT title next week. And I can't call it. Like if you did give the championship to Cody, I think that would create a powder keg of explosions. But anyway, this was a good segment, especially for people that are like, man, I need more dynamite in my rampage. Well, you just got it. Up. And sure, I still do stand by the fact that I think we need to do something a little bit different with the TNT title soon. Like I enjoy the open challenge, but when you have a proper blood feud, you can just do more with it. But as up to this point, it is all okay. Ty Conte then beat Penelope Ford in a submission match. In a submission match. Who would have thunk it? I always enjoy baby faces remembering what their opponents have done in the past. Because as soon as Ty got in there, she wasn't trying to do a lockup and she wasn't trying to do a headlock takeover. She tackled Penelope Ford and she started punching her in the face. Because think of all the dastardly deeds she has done. You would be pretty damn upset. She was also going for submissions right away, which again tied into the storyline. But as ever, the bunny was on the outside. She too watches a lot of wrestling. So was going distraction, distraction. Ty Conte forgot she was in a wrestling match and pretended before was like, well, now I see you. I'm coming to get you. And she went and locked in a dragon sleeper. From here, it was all submission attempt, submission attempt, reversal, transition, submission attempt. And if you can believe it, the final hold, I think, was the cross-face chicken wing. Although Ty Conte took her own foot and she put it behind Penelope Ford's neck for like extra leverage. And I was like, how the, 
How the hell is she doing that without falling to pieces? Is she made of Lego? I mean, it looked like a turtle that was freaking out or something. There was so much going on here, but she was able to get the tap out. And as ever, these two just get better each and every week. Up. Straight away, the bunny was in there too when she smashed Conte with the brass knucks when Anna Jay came out with a chair to chase them off. And I gotta be honest with you, the fact that these things always seem to end with the bunny hitting somebody with the brass knucks was just got a little bit old. Like we kind of had just fallen into a pattern where you know this is going to happen, so I suppose the narrative just needs an injection of something a little bit more creative. I mean, it doesn't really make me want to see it again because I've already seen it so many times. So for that little nugget of information, it does have to get it down. We did then learn some information about the Owen Hart Cup though. It's going to happen next year. The finals will be at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And given that there was like a pseudo bracket in the background, I think it's going to be single elimination, which sadly means we aren't getting a G1 style tournament, but it will still be badass. There's also gonna be a men's and women's version, and I think we're getting even more details on Dynamite, and I am very excited about this, because I'm sorry, the name and legacy of Owen Hart has been forgotten about for way too long. The man was a damn hero, and he will always be a damn legend. And it was right into our last match after this, with Mark Henry doing his whole, it's time for the main event, and who knew that would become a thing? And basically the theme of all of this was Eddie Kingston is really, really mad and he don't have time for your ship. Because it was Kingston teaming up with the Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz to take on 2.0 Daniel Garcia and the acclaimed. And once again, it was the theme of the entire show. It was just fun. Kingston just jumped all the bad guys during their entrance, even though Max Caster was mid-rap. And for some reason, that really made me laugh. And because we'd started things hot, we had a massive brawl outside the ring before we had even any wrestling in it. When things did calm down, though, we had Max taking on Penta. And man, Ricky Starks and Taz on commentary. They were like, this isn't fair. Penta is clearly wearing a chest protector with steel in it as if it was the late 90s and we were looking at D'Lo Brown. So that's another round of applause. I loved it. As ever, our tag team champions did perform like they were from another planet. But I also want to shout out Santana on Ortiz here because they are such a good tag team. Like they're always operating as a unit as they did on Anthony Bowens. It was just move, double team, tag, move, double team, tag. You're like, man, these guys, they are so good at what they do. So why the hell haven't they been AEW champs yet? I think Santana was also inspired by his partners here too because he hit a springboard moonsault and then Penta got the tag and he smashed out a sing blade and then Eddie Kingston got the tag. He just wanted to punch everyone, which is when 2.0 grabbed him and pulled him out the ring. And honestly, the look on his face, if he could have stabbed him with a knife, he probably would have done it. We then had dives, pile drivers and exploded suplexes when it was Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston facing off. And if I had read this finish on the old internet, I'd be like, man, I can't believe we did that. Because from nowhere, Garcia hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment with the surprise roll up. And he held the tights and he stole the win. And I do totally admit that in wrestling in general, this finish is overdone and WWE, AEW, and Impact probably all need to sit together in a room and say, man, maybe we should all calm this down. But you cannot judge one company by somebody else's actions, but also the way this was pulled off was brilliant. Like Daniel Garcia genuinely did hit it from nowhere and Eddie Kingston reacted like, how dare you do that? So it got me. But when the referee did go through, I was like, oh, how did he do that? I also think it's Daniel Garcia's first win on a Dynamite or a Rampage. So hey man, if it works, why the hell wouldn't you do it? You just knew there was gonna be nonsense afterwards, especially because Bowens picked up the boombox. He was like, ha Eddie Kingston, I'm gonna hit you in the head. But this is when the Jurassic Express ran down to the ring, they cleared house, and we had a moment where Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus passed the belts 
over to the Lucha Brothers so the commentators could go, well, friends, I think this is a future tag team championship match. And it probably is. Interestingly, too, they jumped the villains from behind. So now being the nerd I am, I'm like, I bet Christian told them to do it because I think Christian is going to turn heel. And there's no logic to that whatsoever. It's just random fantasy booking by me. But I'm able to do that because I'm a wrestling fan and I have a brain and I'm a human. Which did bring us to the end of AEW Rampage. And what I particularly liked about this episode is that we did have a little skit in the middle with Cody Rhodes and Dan Lambert. I'm never going to get mad at that because it breaks the show up. And I'm also giving it an up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.